Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rangers Rundown, specifically if you are Brock Holtz Mustache and not Brock Holtz Soul Patch. Thank you for listening, Brock Holtz Mustache and nothing else. I'm Max. That's Hayden. Yep. And Mike. Hey now. And Brock Holtz Mustache. Again, shout out to Brock Holtz Mustache. Should have just paused my game there. It cannot get better than that for the rest of this uh, time. We're coming to you live. Not really. From somewhere in the late innings of Game 3 of your 2021 Texas Rangers. And it has been a show so far. If you like lots of hitting, including opposing hitting, you might like the 2021 Texas Rangers. If you like the absolute value of offense, then the... (laughs) (laughs) It's like all those quizzes preseason on Lone Star Ball. A lot of absolute value things in there. Right, uh, extremely good because boy, it has been um, it's been a show. I was playing a game just before we hit record of let's take a look at um, uh, early season advanced stats because there's nothing more than than roughly two and a half games worth of data to make conclusive sweeping judgments about people. And Texas has exactly one positive pitcher by FWAR, and uh, he has an ERA of 18. It's John King. That's fun. Love that. Yes. What was uh, Gibson sitting at? His ERA is a, a clean 135.00. That's, is that good? No, it's really not. It's it's the opposite of good. Okay, flip side. His FIP is only 24.7. <laughs> <laughs> he's not been as bad as he's looked. <laughs> yeah, just let it, let it even out a little bit. He, just bad luck. His F war is only negative point one, um, you know, because he only pitched uh, point one innings, one third of an <laughs> inning. That's about that as much damage as you can do. In in how many ever pitches? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. the pitch counts in uh, in the opening day game. I was uh, I had some friends who you know pay attention because it's opening day. They aren't really big baseball guys, and uh, someone texted me was like, "How is it the fourth inning?" And I said, I've watched 235 of the worst pitches I've ever seen in my entire life. And that was like half of a game. Yeah, they, just... they, both teams had 200 pitches. Yeah. <laughs> it's four and a half hours long, if I remember right. Just... Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was kind of fun. Uh, the first inning was, I was talking to Hayden about this earlier. It was just, it was really fun. It's like, hey, you know what? I, I know that the Rangers are probably going to be bad, but if we can go out here and just shellac the Royals to start the season, you know, pump up the stats so that uh, everything still looks good in a week after everyone goes ice cold. You know, it'll be fun. Like, that's pretty pretty dope. And that, that positivity lasted less than one inning. Yeah. yeah. It lasted one out. But on a, on a positive note, the Rangers have scored 20 runs in three games. And yeah. everyone, everyone thought it was going to be their hitting that was anemic and... In a very small sample size, that is not shown to be the case. The projections definitely were the pitching will be very bad and the hitting will be weak. And it's been that the pitching has been tremendously bad and the hitting has been good. Yeah. So, yeah. like, four people. It's, <laughs> it's mostly Joey Gallo and uh, the much maligned Nate Lowe. Um, yeah, yeah, I need to eat some crow there. Uh, it's three games. I wouldn't Lowe get that crow an, too warm yet. The, Lowe is a, an RBI machine. He's got... Nine RBIs in three games, which is a new franchise record. Uh, the old franchise record was seven, shared wow. by Frank Howard, Rafael Palmero, Juan Gonzalez, and Pudge Rodriguez. So Lowe will have a better career than all four of those guys. So, so we're carving a fifth face onto the a, a very strange <laughs> Rangers uh, Rushmore there. Yes, exactly. Nice. 
Exactly. It's, that's not a bad Rangers Rushmore. I mean, I, it's I, not. I'll probably come up with different top fours, but like that's not. That's a very defensible. Yeah. Uh, set of, of faces to stick on there, and then of course uh, Nate Lowe, who uh, I think I made a crack about uh, not wanting uh, to to make Nate Lowe versus Ronald Guzman uh, be a uh, a running bet for the season because Guzman is uh, a foot and a half taller than Nate Lowe, and uh, apparently Nate Lowe is six four, which yeah. uh, is a fun fact uh, I'm sharing with everyone. 6'4", 220. He's a big strapping lad. It's a large dude. We do have a big team. I know that some of the opposing broadcasts had a lot of fun with that in spring training. Uh, folks were terrified of the Rangers lineup. Not from a baseball perspective, just the bar fight perspective. <laughs> do we get the Cardinals this year? Because they're, they're, uh, they've been extremely chippy to start the season. I do not know the answer to that question. Yeah, I don't know. Big old benches clearing uh, kerfuffle with the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday. Um, Castellanos pimped a home run on opening day. Not really. I mean, he just skipped a little bit on the first base. It was fine. Then they hit him with a pitch that may have been intentional. And when he eventually scored on a wild pitch, he, uh, he kind of flexed on the pitcher standing over him, which wasn't the greatest move in the history of time. Uh, and for some reason, that really annoyed Yadi Molina and Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Baseball players, what are you going to do? Uh, so he had a three-run bomb today, and they won like 11-1. to one. Nice. So the Cardinals getting in fights and uh, losing baseball games. That's a really good combination. It's a real sweet spot uh, for yeah. me, at the very least. Yeah. Be kind of fun. Supposed to getting in fights and uh, uh, winning baseball games. Two things that the Rangers are apparently not going to do for me this year. They could do at least one of them. Yeah, so you know what? I, things are looking good right now, especially with uh, Wes Benjamin. It looks like he might be able to finish the eighth inning here cleanly, mm-hmm. at least with a lead. I know, and uh, maybe Matt Bush coming in for the ninth would be nice. Uh, there's a pop up right there from Salvador Perez. No problem. See, yeah, I didn't spoil it for you. I did Thank not you, spoil Mike. it. I just sat here watching my commercials going, yep, I know he's already gotten through this. Interestingly, it seems that Mike's ahead of me by a little bit, but I'm considerably ahead of Hayden. So Yeah, the buffering on my MLB TV is always, I have to keep refreshing, like, keep hitting the live button. Anyways, uh, but hey, Wes Benjamin, you know, that really great showing today. Uh, Max, mm-hmm. you said something pretty, you know, kind of keeping that in perspective, is if, is if Wes Benjamin comes up and he's, you know, not very good if he has an ERA, you know, around five or something like that. You don't really feel bad about that. And anything better than that is pretty useful. You know, that's a, that's a huge win for yeah. your... Because he's kind of been... You get to feel good twice. For a while. Yeah. You get to feel and, good about uh, having a good pitcher and feel good about a guy you weren't expecting to be good to actually be good. Yeah, yeah. There's very low expectations. You know, I, I, I kind of hope that he, he hangs around and is a, a useful guy. I've liked Wes Benjamin for years, and you know, he's mm-hmm. he, on my team. So, you know, I want the guys on my team mostly to be good, unless there's some sort of weird off-field reason to dislike them. I don't know of any for Mr. Benjamin. So coming in here after Lyles looked like he may have been running out of gas, which I think is going to be a thing we say a lot this year. Yeah. I mean, to his credit, Jordan Lyles did get through five and two-thirds innings, gave up two runs. He had eight strikeouts to no walks. Watching this game, it felt like he was just dunking 82-mile-an-hour sliders into the dirt every other pitch. It was exhausting. Um, But apparently, in all of my uh, looking away is when he struck people out uh, quite a bit today. Man, on the flip, we just got a a Leody Tavares plate appearance, and there's somebody who uh, uh, could get going this season. But we're three games in, so we're not going to talk about Leonie Tavares. No. And I'll say this. Like, it, it's been bad, and mm. it's been so bad that no matter – you can't 
slice it any certain way. Here he goes, going for a bunt single. Let's see. Go, 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 go. Nope. Out. Nope. Um, <laughs> so so Lodi, Leodi goes 0 for the series, and with like 8 or 9 strikeouts, pretty awful. You know, but if this was to happen, you know, in uh, uh, July 10th through 12th series, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just say bad. Yeah. Se- you just say bad series. So, right. like, remarkably bad. Like, they would definitely bring it up. You know, Leodi was useless this series, but not is he a major league baseball player? You know, type of deal. So, like, right. yeah, it, we'll see how this next week goes. But definitely a cause for concern, um, but not a cause for panic. I mean, nah. we always knew that his, his value was going to be with the glove anyways, and that as long as he could be, like, serviceable, like a little bit better than Billy Hamilton with the bat, then you got mm-hmm. a, you got a major league player. So he did take a really used. good walk earlier he when did. it looked like um, yeah. uh, Singer was just not going to offer strikes, and then Leoti didn't, like, get himself out in that plate appearance, yeah. which yeah, Jonah Hine did the same thing right before him, where, like, yeah. that Singer is going to be wild, let him do it. Like, you know, don't force the issue. And both guys are, you know, young players. Um, off yeah, the they have pitches. good reputations for like contact, but you know neither of these guys came up here with like 500 OBPs because their walk rate is out the wazoo. Like they're just uh-huh. you know solid players, and uh, it was nice to see them take what the pitcher was giving them in those plate appearances. And then he just scraped uh, some runs out of that, which mm-hmm. they've they've needed because, whew, Rangers pitching baby <laughs> yeah, gets so. the fever. And we haven't even talked about the bullpen yet, and that's the most terrifying part of this team. Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat, because well, it's because they're all of them are hurt. Right, right. You've got, you've got uh, Hernandez. He's out. You've he's got done. Leclerc. He's out. He's done. Um, Demarcus Evans. He. I asked Levi this yesterday because he started the spring with a a, a lat injury. Ooh. <laughs> Levi Ooh. Weaver. And, no, I'm uh, talking about Isaiah Connor Falefa. Oh. <laughs> But uh, I asked Levi, I said, I haven't seen any update on him. And he said, I haven't either. Let me ask, because I don't even know if he's even close to being able to return. Um, We could really use him. But, I mean, you talk about those those three guys are out. They traded Montero in the offseason. You know, it's just... They're just scraping the bottom of the barrel now. And, and yeah, they have like a showing. whole bullpen worth of guys who are on the IL or, or you know, dealing with something else, you know, slow starts or whatever, uh, at the beginning of the season. And that's when when the options that the Rangers had weren't particularly like all-star level, lights-out kind of guys anyway. We didn't have anybody sitting back there who you're just going, this dude's a known commodity, you know, one of the better players in the game. Like I, th- I think Rangers fans could say that about like a Leclerc or a Hernandez, but they're both, you know... Leclerc's had some health issues, and he's been amazing at times, and then kind of goofy. And Hernandez is still—they're you know, both kids, really. They, we haven't seen a lot of them in the bigs, right? Um, to lose the the two probably steadiest expectation guys, neither of whom are making a, a top ten list of steady expectation relievers in MLB is pretty bad. Um, nice to see Bush; he was very good in spring training. Um, you know, he pitched yesterday, if I remember right, and so yep. he's there. They have him go back to back days. That's really good. You know, they don't feel like they have to uh, keep handcuffs on him or whatever. Yeah, yesterday he got his first strikeout since June 2018. That's how long it's been since he pitched. Woo-hoo. What a comeback story! That guy just yeah. he just kept at it, and you know, kudos to him. Um, yeah, I mean, there there I think are are no more um, you know benefits of doubts that are being tossed in the direction of a. What is he now? Thirty-five or so? He's thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. He's gotten married. He has a kid now. Had a kid this spring. He he just 
he's completely matured, and and that's good for him, good for him after his uh, uh, ugly start to his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about that before that it's much easier to root for guys who look like they're they're not getting chance after chance after chance just because they're they're great athletes but not great people. And it seems that like that well that was the case 15 years ago for this kid at the time. You know that's we're not getting that now. We're not uh, papering over his off the field issues as a 35 year old because he's the best pitcher in baseball it's that he's still getting a chance because he's willing to go out there and work and that's much easier to root for and I kind of like that sort of stuff yeah I mean just comparing to a guy like Josh who right you just held your breath and just just hoped that he would keep it together for a season because it, it his incidents they weren't there wasn't that much distance between them mm-hmm. if you look at the the incident in the uh, the bar in Arizona where there's photos of girls licking whipped cream off his nipples to his incident at Sherlock's, you know, with uh, with the Ian Kinsler Sherlock's, and yeah. having sex with a girl in the bathroom and it, just nonsense. It's you know, kind of kept coming. So it's yeah. nice to, to not have that right now. Right. Um, he's I mean, he's been to be squeaky clean stuff. as a ranger. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Uh, not as squeaky clean as our boy Joey Gallo. Who, not the squeaky cleaniest way out of an inning there to, to ground out. But good start to the season, at the very least, for the uh, the very good boy from Las Vegas. Yeah. One of the, the sort of core couple of offensive players that you're hoping can actually do something good over the course of the season. I think we kind of agreed that it's that your highest upside guys are, are Gallo, Lowe, and David Dahl, if he stays healthy. Yep. Um, with sort of another tier there of, uh, like, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, we, we hope is a useful player, if not, you know, lighting the world on fire with the bad, and you can... I think he's got a ceiling of Michael it. Young. Just just a consistent hitter, never going to have a ton of power. Mm-hmm. So but, every time uh, he gets into one, like he did in this game, yeah, top of the ninth, getting that little extra home run... Yeah, um, you know, those don't come off the stat sheet just because the guy was only expected to hit like four <laughs> dingers all year. That doesn't mean no, he only has three left in the count. tank for the rest of the season. It's just right. an extra plus one, which is very nice to see. So hopefully yeah, that means even, good things for Izzy. Yeah. Um, uh, a fun note on that though that I just noticed is that it was off of Wade Davis. It is. So he's back. A, so A, it's against Wade Davis, and B, man, I'm just looking at his Baseball Reference page, and that's a. Uh, doozy who wade davis yeah Mm-hmm. yeah wade davis has been around he's been around he's done a lot of good stuff and he's done a lot of bad stuff and he's made a lot of money <laughs> along the way yeah my gosh there's not a lot of dudes you, you see multiple like sub two era seasons and also oh, a yeah. 20 yeah i mean so wade davis 2014 to 2015 it's two, sorry, 2016 era of one Point nine four and one eight seven, over like hundred and seventy innings. Mm. I mean, just that's remarkable. And then got big, big, big money as part of the Rockies trying. To, I guess they went to the Cubs the year after they won the World Series. He was blew up there two thirty ERA. So the the Rockies should have seen it coming. Oh, so we're not blew in Bush. We get Ian Kennedy for the ninth inning, guys. All right, Ian Kennedy, also a former Royal, right? Uh, yep. I believe so. Everybody's part of my uh, my good joke that the, the Rangers would have a, a relatively interesting pitching staff if this was 2011. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Also, the, the concept of Ian Kennedy, Texas Rangers closer, is just real grim. 
And we're up five. <laughs> so this isn't really a, a save situation here. But for the Rangers' bullpen, they may have to adjust the stats and be like, if they can protect a lead of five, they get a save. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They should totally do that. It's a sev. We'll call it a sev. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Give them the old candidate. All of all of this kind of like rolled together into like one cohesive thought. If you could do that, is man, like, this is not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like what it's going to take to win a ball game, right? Is is getting a lead above five. Hopefully, your starting pitcher can also get through five of his own, and your bullpen can can give up fewer runs than there are innings left in the game. That's the that's the formula. Yeah. It's it's all about five. You need five runs. You're you're starting or a five run lead. At, at least five. Runs. Make it through. Make it through five, and then with the remaining four innings, only yeah. give up a run per inning. The Rangers had a five run lead in the first inning of game one. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Can we Ryan? not talk about this? <laughs> I mean, Kyle Gibson as an opening day starter. I mean, truly is just going to be. Uh, I hope I never forget it. I hope I, you know, you know. What, but what, you what, will, what, trust me. You're going to be, 20 years from now, you're going to be looking back at old stats and be like, Kyle Gibson was an open day starter? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to forget Kyle Gibson or like the, like the Tanner Shepherds experience that exactly. we had. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, um, you know, don't forget the, don't forget your where you came from. Don't forget your roots. You know, uh, don't remember, don't forget like the, how bad it was that way you can really enjoy the mountaintop like i'm not going to forget the trauma that i've experienced already this season three games in you know when when the rangers are finally good again i'm still going to view it in context of man i remember when kyle gibson got one out on opening day and it's just going to make it a little bit better one yeah, out you know if it was just like a crappy three inning start or whatever and you got, but the idea that he got bombed out of the first inning in a game where he got pinned to a 5-0 lead when he came in. It's like, all right, well, oh, is, buckle with up. The added, with the it's, added like, expectation of even even though you're Kyle Gibson, it's opening day. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's a big deal to get named an opening day starter. You get to go out there, you know, that's, that's really awesome. You know, that's not something that just happens to anybody. You know, you get, I mean, apparently it does in this timeline, but, you know, you just... Opening day. All right, show show us you you are our best foot forward. You are the representation. You are a leader, right? You uh, you're you're giving us our best chance to win. Let's go. You're our guy. Go go out there and show him what we're all about. And then he did exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, I was like, I, I knew that the Rangers were going to do this to me. That we were going to have some like good offense, but just just like really piss away a bunch of games. Because of bad base, you know, bad pitching, bad bullpen, whatever it was, and uh, the fact that we got the entire season out of the way in one inning um, <laughs> on opening day is actually kind of nice. It's very efficient. It's like, yeah, we're going to score five in the first inning, and you're going to lose games. It's like, all right, man. Like, Rangers are playing it to a straight. They're not. They're not playing little games with us this year. Just look at it from a positive perspective. We're about to be okay. one game under 500, and that's the closest we're going to get to 500 all season long. Uh, so probably true. Enjoy this. This. What's that? I said, who do we got coming up next? I think it's the Blue Jays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be faulty uh, on Monday, and so I mean that could be extremely bad if the slider isn't there. Um, hopefully not. I mean, I, I spoke 
in last week's episode that Fulton Evans is one of the guys who actually can dream on a little bit for the starting pitchers. And even if you get like a best case season out of a, a Gibson or a Lyles, that's not good. Like that's yeah. there's no there's no upside there really. You get like maybe maybe some sort of league average ish nonsense that you probably can't even trade for anything useful. Oh, yeah, um, like it maybe just keeps you like out of a bad draft pick. Like the 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 best case scenario is that you like lose three spots in the draft standings. Like that sounds. There's no upside to doing this. Um, but uh, Monday Tuesday is gonna be really telling for if the Rangers have like are gonna have some fun, like some upside to watch this season. And we get back to back faulty, and then Dane Dunning, um, Dunning being the return yes. from the White Sox and the Lance Lynn trade. Um, he's like a legitimate pitcher prospect. Legitimate more. Yeah, I mean, he's not a. This is not a top of the rotation. No, this is the, the Lucas Giolito trade from a couple years back or whatever. But like Dunning is supposed to be a guy who slots in and just like sits as a three for a decade. And uh, a three would be by several standard deviations the best pitcher Texas has this season. Yep. Um, so that's extremely exciting and also extremely depressing. If but, he could be uh, Colby Lewis, then we've got a good return there. Oh man, if he could turn yeah. into Colby Lewis, I'd be ecstatic. But well, good Colby, obviously. Not the, he was uh, mostly good. The Colby who will not be named. Um, but, like, yeah, if Fulton Evans can do anything interesting at the Blue Jays, and that's going to be a solid test. The Blue Jays just took two or three from the Yankees. Um, the Blue Jays have a young and extremely interesting lineup. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, like, Dante Pichette's kid. Uh, and then who else's kid? we got Vlad Guerrero's kid and uh, uh, Craig Biggio's kid. Yep. Uh, are all out there. I think this is a three, right? Do they have a fourth kid on that team right now, too? I, think it's I know they have a Guriel brother. I don't remember if Lords is actually on the Blue Jays right now. I, I hadn't. I only sort of barely watched. It, it still takes a lot for me to voluntarily watch Yankees games, even if they're playing the Blue Jays. So I uh, didn't really tune in that closely this weekend, but I guess I could look. Yeah, and um, so I, I learned something new in Fulty's last start uh, mm-hmm. in the spring. Um, at 54 years old, I've never heard of this before. Um, his last outing was not great. He was getting, kind of getting uh, hit around. And so Eric Nadell brought up on the broadcast that he had watched uh, Fulty's uh, kick-off post-game because it was in-game, but it was after he was pulled from the game. He did a Zoom conference. Mm-hmm. And... And they were asking him, you know, what was going on with him. He said, well, you know, my fastball is there. He's sitting at 95, 96 miles an hour on the fastball. But he said, for him to be effective, he needs his slider to be at 86, 87. And they went, checked the radar gun, and sure enough, he was at 82, 83. And that, that was the first time I'd ever heard that you could regain your velocity on your fastball, but not on your slider. I just would assume that they would go hand in hand. So that kind of... Struck me as really odd. It took me a while to wrap my head around that one, but yeah, for him to be successful, he needs he needs that slider to come up a bit. And if he can, he could have a great season. Hmm. Uh, and that's the hope is that the those off speeds keep kind of coming around as he continues to recover from his distractions, <laughs> his uh, off play for the last couple of years and injury uh, recovery. If he can do that, Fulton Evans is a guy who was an All-Star in 2018. He's been an extremely good pitcher from time to time. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, if if he's good, Fulton Evans and Dunning are actual like 
desirable pitchers at a major league level, and that's great. Like that's much more watchable. I mean, obviously we have the, the idea of like, ah, we should be tanking. Like, let's go. I mean, we're not going to win the World Series of this roster, so I want the worst guys imaginable. But like, that's not fun. <laughs> I, I want someone to have some fun with. No, and, and you need uh, some progress. Obviously. And we can afford to win sixty games, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which we will. As a mm-hmm. treat, you know. Just- <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> the win. Rangers can win sixty-three games as a treat. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just let's win fifteen of Dane Dunning starts. That'd be awesome. That'd be Dane great. Dunning will not ruin our season if he's good. <laughs> right? Yeah, that that, that, that was the thing with like the your Gibson Lyles guys is like absolute best case. You get some extra grinder stuff who win a few games more than they they would have lost if they were replaced by some like. Prospects, nobody, you know, some just guy coming up to try and eat some some starts, like Jason yeah. Barr. Sure, I mean, yeah, we the Rangers have them. We've always had them, but like for me, I'm a big weirdo. But like, I'd always prefer to watch some like Austin Bibbins Dirks starts over a thirty seven thousand year old like Kyle Gibson just sort of farting around at the end of a career or whatever. Like I. I, I like the if you're gonna just have some waste starts that somebody needs to do to try and get through the season, at least give somebody fun, give somebody like working, making no money sitting in AAA right now. That's that's more entertaining for me. See, I'll I have a hard time with that the, because like, Nick Tepeshes and uh, yeah, yeah, if, uh, if it, yeah, go on. If you've got a guy that you know really has no future, that he's just kind of a plug-in. Those to me are awful starts to watch. ABD, Tepish, like you said, Chichi Gonzalez. It, well, Chichi was at least a prospect at one point, and Chichi Gonzalez just beat Clayton Kershaw on opening day. So you yeah. hush up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> For real, okay, though, as actual, a Ranger, actual stat fact: Chichi Gonzalez with the win over Clayton Kershaw is in relief. But, but, but as a Ranger, he was always underwhelming. Oh, I, mean, I don't think he's whelming anybody in Colorado now either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 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 for sure. I think that's just like different different tastes. I would much rather watch you know one of those kind of guys like Austin Bibbin Dirks was a was a fun story of a dude who just kind of kept working. Um, you know, like your Tim Dillard's who just slog forever in AAA. I'd right. rather throw that guy. Yeah, who did retire and got a lot of interaction on Twitter and seemed very happy about it. Um, I would rather throw a couple of starts at a, at a dude like that than a throwing twelve million dollars at. Jordan Lyles or whatever it is the Rangers are doing right now, but uh, I guess I would prefer baseball teams. I guess I would prefer maybe rushing someone who has more promise that may not be ready. That you're going to see him fail a little bit out there before he can uh, get his footing. That would be my preference over a guy that you just know that's that's going nowhere. For sure, I mean, I think optimally, I don't want. Any pit starts from guys who are definitively going nowhere. I, I think that's a safe, not particularly dangerous opinion to have as a baseball fan. But uh, my own uh, personal demons uh, and, and preferences there are their own thing, I suppose. We're all idiosyncratic to uh, to some extent. Of course, we're baseball fans. Right. And as baseball fans, we're sitting here watching Ian Kennedy just really work his way through the bottom third of the juggernaut Kansas City Royals offense. Uh, the Royals are currently seeing a plate appearance from a man named Ryan McBroom, which is an insanely <laughs> good name. Uh, that gets a click. 
who is Mr. McBroom? Um, well, he's been that up. Kennedy is not looking great. He's already given up a run. Yep. He took him like 10 pitches to get through Jorge Soler, which is probably the Royals' best hitter. Um, which, sorry, that's rude. Who is probably the Royals' best hitter? Not to take anything away from Jorge Soler, but there we go. Mr. McBroom has been sent down. Thank you for playing, Mr. McBroom. But so, yeah. he did get a strikeout to end the game, so he gets... No, he doesn't get a save. That's right. No. Maybe he gets a sev. A sev. We'll yeah. give him a sev. Sev. Uh, man. I'm definitely going to forget about that very quickly, but also probably not as quickly as I would like. <laughs> Texas Rangers baseball. Catch the fever. Yes. Man. All right. One game below list. 500. Sealed up, you know? Yep. And a legitimately good showing from West Benjamin. I, yes. I really don't think that this Royals offense at, by the end of the year is going to look even average. The, I don't think that the Royals have a, a lot that they're offering up here as a top-end lineup. A couple things, though. I like Whit Merrifield, but like Carlos Santana can still make contact. It, it, at some Soler point, Father Time is going to come uh, pick this guy up. Solaire is good, ben but Intendi's that's it. good. Ben Intendi has not been good for a long time now. But he is still... I, in my you mind, know his name because he played for the Boston Red Sox. No, he was all right. Anyways, uh, their catcher, <laughs> Salvi. Salvi's still good. He, I love Salvador Perez, and so I will stop there. <laughs> all right. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to defer to you. I'm not an expert of the, the Kansas City Royals. I'm just trying to... No. Trying to Salvador Perez has there. had basically one particularly amazing season with the bat in his entire career. He is a very steady performer. He is an extremely good defender and, uh, like, clubhouse guy and uh, pitching staff manager, but is not a bat that uh, I I would judge my pitcher's success against over much. I mean, he, he batted in, in, in the truncated season where he played all year last year, though. He batted three thirty three. He did. The year before that, he batted two thirty-five, which is not great. The year before that, he did two sixty-eight, which from the catcher position is outstanding. Take a look at that OBP, sub three hundred. Uh, yeah, under three hundred, which is not good. The last season that he, you know, full season of baseball that this uh, man played with a, an OBP over three hundred was in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, but I mean, look at his OPS plus. He's been, he's uh, ninety-one at the, at the catcher position, and then 106, 91, 160, and so far this season he's at a ninety-seven through. Yeah, being a catcher uh, definitely helps Salvador Perez's. I'm just saying uh, numbers out quite a lot. I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm just, I'm just the Royals are not Benjamin, a particularly good offense. West big, Benjamin, big ups to West making Benjamin. Making through all of those outs without giving a run. Is, West is, Benjamin is the best up. pitcher the Rangers have so far this season. He has exactly. just blown past saying. John King on the uh, FOR leaderboard. Yeah. Cannot wait it's, for that to be updated. I'm gonna just I'm gonna be hammering the refresh key for the rest of this uh, <laughs> uh, podcast here, so that I can glowingly report on my main man West Benjamin uh, getting on the board because apparently as I was earlier, Fangraphs is not doing live stats this season, or maybe they will. And they just haven't started quite yet, but they uh, they were not the last time I looked. Very irritating. But yeah, Ooh. West Benjamin. Uh, I mean, also for more Kansas City talk, uh, just looking at this here, Salvador Perez signed through 2025. Woof. He's also only 30. My <laughs> gosh. What is time? What is time? It's a flat circle. Yeah. 2025 for $52 million. Wow. Anyways, that's a decision that they made to do that with a catcher. Um, 
Let's see. Well, we've got the meanwhile, Blue Jays coming up. Oh, go ahead. Meanwhile, our catcher, uh, Mr. Heim, he yeah. uh, went one for three in his uh, season debut. Looked with good. Walk. With a walk, with a run scored, and obviously calls a great game. Gave up yeah. a stolen base, though. Cut him. <laughs> First career stolen base. This dude had never stolen a base in his entire extremely long major league career. Uh, a dude who I unfortunately saw described as Chasing Isbell after striking out in his first plate appearance uh, of the season. Very funny. Ha ha ha. But that ha. was Levi. I, I do love a good Levi tweet. Yes. Anyway, Jonah Heim looks fine out there. Yeah. Excited about him. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, I don't know. I, kind of as we've been talking, I've been kind of mentally gathering, you know, things to watch, guys to watch. What are we watching for, you know, uh, for... for yeah, for uh, sure. The last two years or so, it's been Joey Gallo at bats. You know, I'll have the game on while I'm like cooking or or getting some work done. But when Gallo's up, you know, you stop that and you watch the whole thing. You watch yep. all at bat. Um, you know, and we do. You know, we do have those people right now. And and you know, Dane Dunning needs to be appointment television right now. You know, it's not mm-hmm. because he's the next U Darvish, which was you know the definition of appointment television. Oh yeah. But it's because hey, this guy is important. You know, this guy is is somebody that we really need to click on. Yeah, and, and if the Rangers are going to be a good team in the next couple of years, they're going to be relying on like a solid, cheap three, like Dane Dunning exactly. could be. Exactly. Or an, an upside guy like Fulte at his best could be, or at least a guy who is a more exciting version of a four or a five than a dude on the downside of their career who struggles to get through four innings. You know, a guy who's like kind of healthy here and there, puts up some strikeouts, maybe he has some like big, crazy games. I have a good friend who's a Braves fan who I talk, with Fulte, I talk about Fulte with this guy all the time, and he's like, on those good faulty games, you're gonna love them. On the bad ones, you're gonna hate them. That's more interesting on a good team. You can afford to have a couple of just whoops punt games from your, you know, four or five guy. When on his good days, he goes seven innings and strikes out ten. That's much better than when you're saying, "Look, we want just an 85 ERA plus in every single game from Kyle Gibson this year or whatever." Right, right, right. Like, so you want those guys to be good because they might actually be a part of something. That yeah, almost certainly will happen this year. But mm-hmm. he, he's got a place on a World Series team. There's no doubt about it. You know, if he mm-hmm. that's a guy like who's your five in the regular season, and then you move him as some sort of uh, you know gas throwing bullpen guy in the playoffs. If you're on a good team for Texas, that's probably not going to happen. But if you're talking about a roster that adds a cool free agent or two, or sees some of these developments from these younger players that I think we're about to get into, uh, yep. a guy like a Fulte has a place, like a, a four or five who has good games, bad games, and it might be at swing reliever. Yeah, the big yeah. teams use cool. these kinds of players. I mean, it's not really the same comp, um, but the the Dodgers were doing this with the. Oh, I just blanked on his name. Japanese pitcher. He's with the Twins oh, now. Oh, um, uh, Maeda. Kenta Maeda. Maeda. Yes. They used Maeda as like a, a kind of fringy starter. So he's like a sixth starter for most of the regular season. He would be good, but like he'd never really go deep into games. But when he was on a game, like he would get bunch of strikeouts and six clean innings and he just turned to the bullpen and in the playoffs they just kind of let him go out there and, and pitch whenever they needed him and he was really useful on those teams they yeah. kept losing the World Series over and over again but it wasn't Kenta Maeda's fault really that they were doing that um, I don't think it's an exactly clear comp but that kind of player definitely has a place on a winning team mm-hmm. um, Hayden I think your point was a good one who are the guys that you're watching right now on the team who who are the sort of appointment at bats or or you know you see them warming up at the bullpen you're like I want to watch this inning yeah, uh, who are the I guys mean, we're excited about? I mean, Gallo, uh, obviously. Yeah, Gallo, obviously. I mean, the, the just 
not even for a uh, oh I hope he's good it's because I know he's good and he might do something that best player you know, on the team you know blows me away um, you know but uh, Dunning for sure I'm, I'm very excited to watch his first start and everything else that he he does this season uh, Fulty more so for just the can we can we you know catch something here especially because he's he's not a free agent till 2023 mm-hmm. uh, which kind of surprises me so that's cool um it, it's not like a lot of these other kind of flyers on like uh drew smiley's or um yeah or even if know, they're that, good that, they're gone exactly exactly so hey this is a he could be good you know and we'll see if not you know no harm but <laughs> there's a decent chance that he could be um Heim is the reason why kind of it is kind of like all coalesced for me as I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and he's a guy that Mike, you're pretty high on, right? You like Jonah Heim a lot. I, yeah, I mean, I think he's eventually going to be um, Huff's backup, but I think that he's got more upside than uh, than a Jose Trevino for sure. Yeah, yeah, and oh, and so you know you, you, you can watch his at bats, but kind of the fun part about the catcher position too. And you know, I, I don't I don't particularly watch catcher play. You know, when I'm watching a game just casually, but for when if a guy like Heim is is playing, you know, I'm really interested. And and when Huff gets his chances too, you know, especially with the the size of those guys' bodies and their defensive reputation, I definitely want to see how they manage the game and and are able to move back there because that's kind of the question too, especially with both Heim and Huff having, you know, at least uh, in the case of Heim, he should have a good bat and and or at least an adequate bat and. And for Huff, it should be the thing that keeps him in the big leagues. Is will they stay at the catcher position? You know, right. and so I'll, I'll definitely be interested in watching them as they move back there and how they're able to, you know, block pitches and call games and, and throw out runners and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Laoti is is a guy that you know we got to be pulling for. I think that you got to pay attention to him. Um, and I don't know. So Heim is what what I'm looking. This at, is a spark for you for that yeah, like kind of yeah. thought line. Mike, who, who are you looking at there on that, yeah. that sort of list? Is there anybody that Hayden didn't mention who you're kind of looking out after? Um, Nate Lowe now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> a 180 from our last podcast. Where I was <laughs> he, he has pissed that he was, that he was uh, taking up uh, at-bats that Guzman should have been getting. I mean, mm-hmm. can he be your first baseman in the future? I don't know. But and nine RBIs in, in the first three games, that's, that's definitely something that, that will catch catch your attention and uh, hopefully he can build on that I think the only two guys for me that I would I would put up there is you know, dudes at least that I'm going to watch I'm always going to look at them and him they're in the box score I'm going to try and go back and, and watch their performances um, I, I mean I wouldn't really disagree with any of these guys already Kohei Arahara is interesting um, the, the first yeah, four innings sure. were really good the fifth inning was not good as he kind of got through the it was the second half of the lineup, the second time through. Michael A. Taylor, in particular, who just torched us in the first two games. That was a problem. Um, it was Arahara's first start in the States. Um, it, obviously, there's just not enough information to judge. Even uh, you know Clayton Kershaw wasn't amazing in opening day. He's still Clayton Kershaw. Like Who cares? It's one game for all these players. Right. But I'm going to keep watching Arahara for a while. I'm going to watch every pitch. I, I want to like see what this guy is because, again, he's a guy... Like you mentioned, Hayden with Fulton Evitz, if he's good, he's going to be around for a couple of years. You know, this is not a guy who we're getting a one-year gig off of. Even if like Jordan Lyles were were good, you know, if he was like a one ten ERA pitcher, probably not good enough that you're getting a great return at the deadline. But you're like, look, we could pencil him in next year. Oh, we can't. He's going to be a free agent. Kyle Gibson, same thing. Like even if these guys are good and interesting, they're not going to be around. So 
you know, I don't know that I, I really care that much other than just liking the Rangers and wanting them to win baseball games more than I want them to lose baseball games. So um, I think Arahara lines up there. And the other guy would be Kyle Cody. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, he was a really interesting prospect a couple of years ago before he got hurt. It's just an awful time for, for him and for his career. And he's come back from that, but he's never really had... I mean, last year obviously destroyed everybody's abilities to be contributing normal members of a professional baseball team and for everyone else to be normal contributing members of a professional society. Uh, great year, 2020. Loved it. Um uh, two thumbs down. But Kyle Cody is a guy who could be around for a while. And if Kyle Cody is a good major league pitcher, that's really, really good for Texas from just where he is off of prospect expectation and the, the kind of pitching he can bring in ways that I don't think are necessarily true for some of these other dudes who are in the bullpen. Like Josh Spores being good, I don't think matters. Um, like a John King, Brett DeGus, these are... They're, they're guys. I don't think we're, you know, uh, Mike, I think you mentioned like a Jason Barr earlier. If like just a dude who the prospect guys seem to not really love, but he's around and the team likes him. And we had like with Jimmy Hergit and uh, who was the other guy last year that I kept being annoyed was just always in the game. Um, Hergit was like the big one for me. I'd look up at any baseball like box score. Oh, Jimmy Hergit's pitching. Don't need to turn this on. Like, I don't care. Um <laughs> I'd love for Colby Allard to be good because I was such a huge fan of his with the Braves for so long, but I think that's probably extremely unlikely. If it starts happening, I'll pay attention to it. Sure. Yes, there's a good yeah, reason he, to do it, but I'm not expecting it, and I'm not hopeful about it right now. You, you know what I'm looking forward there. to? I'm looking forward to minor league baseball coming back because oh, yeah. that's what gets you excited about the prospects is seeing how well they're doing down there. And I plan to go to some games in Frisco this summer and put eyes on, on some of the younger guys. I honestly could, couldn't tell you who's going to be playing in Frisco this year. No. No Man, idea, I will, really. I, I have a vague memory in my brain from 2019, you know, the last time that we were able mm-hmm. to follow minor league baseball, is I think at the – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at the end of the year, kind of, uh, you know, August time, that the double-A roster – finally got those guys that we've been seeing play in, in, in A-ball. You know, I think that the certain apostle had finally gotten up there. I mean, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. some of these guys are going to go For back sure. to AAA. You know, they're, gonna, they're, they're not going to the right names, yeah. Yeah. But it was, I think, I think that that double-A rotation, for example, at the end of 2019, we was were pretty finally, good. I think, like, Yeri Rodriguez was up there. Tyler Phillips was there. Yeah, you know, you were finally starting to see, and, you know, that that's a pretty big jump. And so it was kind of cool because we've been that hearing been these names when they were Still prospect drafted. Joe Palumbo, for example. Right, yeah. right. I want to see if I can find that roster. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can, but. Yeah, double has definitely been, like, the most interesting minor league team for Texas for a long time, as it is for, I think, most organizations. Uh, Hickory was obviously amazing. And we had, like, Gallo and Mazzara and Guzman right. and Dora all down there. But, like, that double-A roster, I have fan graphs. This is obviously very loose. You know, they're just sort of projecting where they, their their algorithm thinks players might end up. But, like, the double-A rotation could have guys like Yeri, AJ Alexi, Noah Bremer, who has not pitched a whole lot because of injuries and, um, like, the season, but is potentially an actual prospect. Um, uh, Avery Weems, who was in other, uh, the other trade return in the Lance Lynn deal, definitely have a sort of lower prospect stake than Dane Dunning, but is an interesting guy. Cole Wynn, Alex Spies, Hans Kraus, Ronnie Henriquez, um, Cole Reagans, like yeah. um, yep. Ricky Venasco. These are all dudes who are in, in that, at least the they may be lower level players still, but like they all could be in contention for AA. And a bunch of those guys are 
legitimately interesting prospect names mm-hmm. and the only interesting prospect who's likely to pitch at the major league level who isn't some sort of reclamation project at this point is Dunning. Right. You know, Taylor Hearn could still turn it around and you know and be a really good player. I hope he is. He's an amazing story. He seems like a legitimately really cool dude. Um, he's an extremely hard-throwing, kind of intimidating lefty. Those are really fun things. He hasn't obviously been very good at the major league level yet, but hasn't had a lot of time to prove himself. You know, it, there aren't a lot of really fun kind of upper-level pitching prospect guys. So once the minors start up and we have something to look to to be excited about, that'll be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and then when we'll does that see. season start up? Uh, May. I guess in about a month. Yeah, it's May. a month. They yeah. delayed it by a month. And we haven't mentioned another guy on this the show um, who's a bit out of sight, out of mind right now, and that's Willie Calhoun, who's obviously dealing with oh, yeah. yet another extremely poorly timed injury. Um, Willie has been just deeply unlucky, I feel, his entire Rangers career. Yeah. Um, Timelines and then like mm-hmm. getting hurt when he did last year, and the nature of that injury is just really not fun. Uh, breaking your face is never particularly good. Nope. So, uh, you know, I yeah yeah you hope that we can figure yeah. that out. Yeah, have a timeline but, at all. Yeah, I mean, two years ago he hit injury, isn't it? he hit twenty home runs in half mm-hmm. a season. He could be a forty home run guy. I like Willie. If he could do that, I mean, he's he's a huge piece of the of a contender in the future for us. And having a couple of bats that are are not superstars but are are good and get you good plate appearances and have a little bit of pop between like a, a doll and a Nate Lowe and a Willie Calhoun and then like maybe Izzy just kind of keeps you know Michael Younging his way at the top of the order right He's just fighting for plate appearances and getting seeing eye ground balls and keeping a batting average north of 280 and even if the advanced stats don't love 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 him as a superstar player if he's a good player playing good defense that's nice like you need that on a team like that's an important part of a roster hey david murphy was on this team in 2010 and 2011 yeah there's plenty of these guys yeah like all all these watchers i mean like i'm thinking about the braves here who have a bunch of just star power hitters but they're also getting like functional dansby swanson now like Gansby Swanson has not turned into the the draft pick he was supposed to be, you know, where he's a star player forever. But like, he's not killing the Braves, and you need to have a guy who plays a functional shortstop and just mm-hmm. isn't uh, killing you with the bat at the plate. And you know, if Izzy can be a, a decent hitter, did crank a home run today, um, which but uh, brought the batting average over three hundred. So obviously he's having a great season. He was hitting like two seventy before then, so he's having a very bad season. I love the first like week or two of of uh, baseball stats. Guys can go from having great years to bad years literally in one plate appearance. It's amazing. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. we'll have to keep kind of watching that. But Willie Calhoun returning to this lineup at some point and replacing whoever is hitting the worst of, like, Nate Lowe, Ronald Guzman, maybe Nick Solak. Um, I don't know what they do if Leody is bad. That's not something I really want to think about right now. <laughs> don't think about that. Yeah, don't, don't think about it right now. That's not don't worry about it. I do not know what happens. Problem. Yeah, that's not we'll, today's problem. Uh, I think Leod is going to be fine. Uh, I think he's probably going to be a nine-hole hitter. You'd love him to be the, the, a lead-off kind of guy with that that speed and stuff, but who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Again, I think of the, the Braves and getting away with like Ender Inciarte, who was playing amazing center field defense for a while and uh, was secretly quite bad as a hitter. Like, just wasn't doing anything anymore, and that's fine. Who cares? You can do that. It's okay. Leody is a great defender, good base runner, good player. You know, 
you, you hope that that, uh, that clicks and, and comes together. So we'll see what happens when guys like Willie, Chris Davis is still out there. Yep. Don't know what that means. <laughs> but it's it's potentially a thing. Both are, are leg injuries, which is bad. Um, and then and then Sam Huff, who will be kind of appointment television whenever the Rangers decide that he's not only healthy but also ready to play yep. more or less regularly at the big league level. And maybe maybe make us ask some questions about what do we do with three major league quality catchers? It'd be a fun conundrum to have. I'm not going to count those chickens, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it would be cool. I remember Max Ramirez, Taylor T. Hey, shut up. And, uh, <laughs> Come on, man. Saltalamachia. Don't forget Salty. Yeah. Saltalamachia. Yeah. Um, I, too, remember that time. Uh, and the difference is that two of them are already in the bigs and have yet to, like, defecate themselves on national television. So, True. Not that any of those guys literally did that. Just figuratively did that. So we're fine. We've got two catchers right now. It'd be nice to have our top three-ish prospect catcher be good. That would be fun. Yes. Josh Young, at some point, too. Whenever he oh, yeah. gets over his foot thing. That's probably going to be a while. I imagine they're going to slow roll him at this point. Because we have the power of Brock Stash. <laughs> full circle, guys. Just Unlike that, that, that Holt's facial hair. It drives me crazy. Which is not a full circle. It's, it's just a mustache. And we're going to pretend that I'm just going to white out that little mustache, uh, soul patch. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Brock, baby, I hope you're listening. Really love the stash. It's life-giving. That's it. Just leave it there. Just that. Stop. <laughs> Get back to the creative player, editor, and uh, fix it up a little bit. Looking forward to Brockholt starting third baseman. Brockholt. Woo! All right. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Go Rangers. Go Rangers. Beat them, Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs>